Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810, WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video, whether that be on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Facebook page or YouTube page, whether you're streaming it on Spotify, iTunes, wherever, or listening live on Sports Radio 810, we welcome you as always, and boy, do we have a big show today. First of all, joining us, we have, as always, Connell McCourt, who looks very uh, Andy Reid-like with uh, <laughs> with the Hawaiian shirt on today. Is that offensive? Um, I don't know. I'm Super Bowl champion coach. That's I didn't cool. even really think point. about the big red part. I just meant the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, now yeah, I'm yeah. About Guess what, if, yeah. if you got if you just went mustache, yeah, I Hawaiian meant, shirts are in. Sorry, You're a full sorry, summer mode right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Andy Reid loves Hawaiian shirts, which <laughs> makes them cool in my book. So, uh, so you're good. Uh, so we got. How you doing, Colin? You doing all right? Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. And then we've got Allie Trost here in a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, I don't. So understand. summer for me. No, no, no turtleneck this time though, which is which is a little bit disappointing. And then we have Dr. Dion Busio. How, how are you, Dr. Busio? I am wonderful. Glad to be here. Okay, so that's that's where we're going to start today. And I said, you know, we, we've got a busy show. Coming up on the show in a little bit, we're going to talk with Paul Carr, who is a local treasure in my mind. He lives in Topeka, Kansas, and he is an expert statistician. Once worked for ESPN Stats and Info, now works for a company that's providing stats and information for Fox and their cover of, coverage of the Gold Cup. This is a Gold Cup heavy show here today, folks, because Sporting Kansas City didn't play last weekend. They don't play this weekend, but that doesn't mean Children's Mercy Park has been empty. It's uh, much to the contrary. It's buzzing this week, and that's why we have our first guest on the show. And we're going to have her on for a couple segments because I've got a million questions for you, lady. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I said Dr. Dion Busio. I know that because I follow you on social media. We follow each other. We like each other's pictures. <laughs> 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 and and we're both in the in the proud parent club. Uh, my my kids uh, haven't accomplished as much as yours yet, but uh, we got time. Um, but Doctor Dion Busio, what are you a doctor of? I am a doctor of early childhood special education. I'm an assistant professor at Appalachian State University. Appalachian State, f- form of uh, home of uh, Eli Drinkwitz, the current uh, football coach. Isn't that right? Isn't that where he was um, yeah. before he was at uh, Missouri? So. You teach early childhood mm-hmm. development. Does that did, so? Did you take a lot of child psychology classes and things like that? Like, what what did you, you know, like, what 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 was it like getting a doctor's degree in that? Oh my goodness, that was more of development and collaboration classes, classes on um, IDEA, which is the special education law. Uh, so lots of courses like that, early childhood curriculum, working with families, working with other professionals. So that was a majority um, of my courses, in addition to classes on diversity and inclusion and how to do that as best we can. But okay, you're, you're also a mom, though. So yes, balancing my those two worlds. <laughs> I mean, I was just about to say, uh, I, I don't think I properly introduced you. I think our audience probably inferred uh, that you might be related to Jean-Luc Abusio by the name. Um, but but you are Jean Luca's mom, and um, you have three kids, yes, right? I do. Um, how much did this job did it at all prepare you for raising kids? Yes and no. It gave me the basic mechanics of what you <laughs> generally expect with kids, but all bets are off when you actually have them of your own and you're responsible for them. So yes, yes and no. Um, I because I worked for a bit. I went got my undergrad in. A long time ago, I'll just say a long time ago, <laughs> and I worked as a preschool teacher. Okay. Uh, once I had my first child, Mateo, I stayed home. I was a stay-home mom, 
Uh, by the time Gianluca came home, between Mateo, there was Ilaria, and then I had Gianluca, I worked at a preschool with them. And one of my professors told me, you should come back to school. And I'm like, no, I've got three kids. I don't want to come back to school. But I did. I tried it. I absolutely loved it. So from getting my master's in early childhood special education, I started to work in early intervention, which I really loved working with infants and toddlers and their families, uh, infants and toddlers who have special needs. I absolutely loved that. I got to do home visits and travel and just meet all different kinds of people. And then another professor called and said, hey, we need you to teach a class. And I'm like, I don't like teaching adults. <laughs> I really prefer people under the age of six. But again, I was just open to it. I said, I'll try it. And I realized I love working with adult students. It's like, wow, this is almost as good as working with young children. So I did that and I got the bug, but I realized I was really bad at it because I had no training with adult education. I said, well, guess what? We've got a grant and we're starting a program and we want you to be in it. So I did my PhD. Uh, when did I get it? I finished in 2016 and it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. It was hard being married with three kids. Oh. I don't know how we did it. And I, when I finally graduated, you know, I told my husband, I said, okay, we made it and I'm not bald and we're not divorced. <laughs> so I consider that a win. Uh, <laughs> so that's hey. what brought me to, you know, uh, Appalachian was uh, hiring and they, their philosophy for, um, child development and working with children and families perfectly matched my dissertation. Uh, and oddly enough, it was on a approach out of Italy called the Reggio Emilia approach. And I studied that and I kind of researched that for my dissertation. And that's the whole focus of our program. And I, and even though it's a two hour drive from my house, I love it. You know, I love being there. I love the people. I love the campus. I love the philosophy. So. So you commute four hours a day? No, I don't have to be on campus every day. Okay. And so I'm probably on campus about three times a week. Okay. And it's such a beautiful drive because it's up in the mountains. Boone, North Carolina is absolutely beautiful. And the drive from Greensboro to Boone, fantastic. So I, I, I love being there. Okay. Well, if I put that much time in to getting uh, my doctorate degree, I would make sure that I was known as Dr. Nate Bucati. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I respect the heck out of that. That's amazing. It's cool stuff. And, and that was... When I reached out to you to have you come on the show, you said, well, why would you want to talk to me? First of all, we've had some fun together on the air when we, we streamed some of those games during the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> and Gianluca was in, in your house yeah, back home. Yeah, in my home. bedroom, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you and I started commiserating about what it's like to have kids who leave uh, candy wrappers all over the house and things <laughs> like that. And he's like, Mom, can you get out of here? Yes. It's like, I want to talk to her more. Um, but I just thought it would be fascinating to talk to you because what a story you have. I mean, what a story you have, first of all, the story of how you and Jean-Luc's dad, I mean, you guys, I mean, talk about the backgrounds of you, of the two of you and how different they are and how, how you guys, Oh my! because goodness. you come together to make this, this incredible family of three kids. Okay. This is weird. <laughs> I grew up in the South Bronx in New York. The home, the original birthplace of hip hop music, Connell, yes. in case you didn't know. We talked about that the day Jean-Luc signed his contract. Yes. Anyways. I had a cousin that kind of dated Curtis Blow. Oh, kind of, sort of. So yeah. Freaks come out at night. <laughs> <laughs> the freaks exactly, come yeah. out at night. So, I mean, I lived in the projects in mm -hmm. uh, South Bronx. I could see Yankee Stadium when there were games. Oh, I could wow. see the lights from our apartment because we were on the 12th floor. Uh, my husband grew up in a very small town in Italy, in Brescia. Uh, for some reason, we both ended up in Greensboro. I went there to go to UNCG and he worked for a company, an Italian company, but they worked 
with a uh, agent in Greensboro. So long story short, I picked them up in a bar. There you <laughs> I go. worked as a bar. That story starts exactly. that way. Okay. Exactly. The first first guy I pick up in the bar, I end up marrying. Uh, <laughs> I worked as a waitress when I was in college, and they would come in. Him and his friends stayed in the hotel behind the uh, restaurant, which is Daryl's on High Point Road in Greensboro. And, you know, he was sitting at the bar. I came out of the kitchen. I'm covered in sauce and the stupid hat and the ugly pants. And, you know, he looks at me and he waves and I wave and I run back in the kitchen and get my friend to, to see. I want her to check him out and see if he thought he was cute enough to talk to. So she comes <laughs> out. She's like, yeah, he's cute. So I didn't talk. We didn't talk that night. And so he left and he waved and I waved. We never said a word to each other. And I told my friend, I'm going to marry that guy. And she's like, wow. Yeah, right. OK. So a couple of nights we came back for her birthday and he was there again with his friends. So he was sitting at the bar and we were actually customers. So we kept waving at each other, waving and waving. And we were really annoying her. She's like, just go talk to the guy. And I'm like, I don't pick up guys in bars. <laughs> I just don't do that. So I get up to go to the bathroom. I come back and she says, I told him that you want to talk to him. And I'm about to bolt from the restaurant and he's standing behind me. So I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> and we made a date, you know, for that next Saturday. And 32 years later, wow. <laughs> three kids, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. 27 years of marriage. So awesome. from date number one to wedding day, how much time passed? Oh, that's another story. That was five years. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. after our first date kind of lasted a whole week. We went out every night that whole mm -hmm. first week because he was leaving for Italy because oh, he wow. got to go home every yeah. summer. So uh, we went out every night for a whole week. Uh, he went away, came, stayed away for a month, and my phone bill at the time, they were still oh, Southern yeah. Bell. <laughs> You calling oh my my roommates were going to kill me. My phone bill was, I think, about $500. Wow. And he's like, don't worry, I'll pay for it. I'm like, good, because I'm a broke college student. <laughs> I can't afford wow. a $500 phone bill. But And then there was one year that we didn't see each other for a year because he was traveling. He traveled uh, North America, Central, South America. That was his territory. So he had to go to, I believe it was South America. What was he doing? He worked for a textile machine, Lenati. They make uh, socks, pantyhose, and now now shoes and socks and everything. Uh, and so he trained people how to use them. He fixed them. He did everything that had to do with any type of uh, textile machine. So that's when textile was big, you know. Mm -hmm. So he was there for a year. And I got to see him twice that year. Once he brought me a ticket to Italy for my graduation. And then I went again in December. And when he came back, we got back, we, you know, we were never apart, apart. But um, then we, we got together and we got married in 94. Here or in Italy? In, in, no, both. We had two weddings, oh, which, is, right. which was great. Oh, two weddings, two wedding Think dresses. about that, Alex. Yes, two I sets know. of presents as well. Two too. sets yeah, of yeah. presents. Yeah, it you know, my, parties, my family too. ties go back <laughs> to Italy, so maybe yeah, right, I can kind right. of do a oh, similar type of thing. Coast, yeah. And, you know, he picked up that phone bill because he didn't want you picking up extra shifts to potentially meet <laughs> another guy <laughs> at that <laughs> same bar. One guy, one time, so that lucked out. Smart man. Smart man. And then, and... The most beautiful family I've ever seen in my Thank life you. comes with it. I mean, honestly, like the the day that Jean-Luc signed his first team contract with Sporting. Now, I remember the first time I actually met Jean-Luc. What would he have been, about 13 yeah, when he came he here? Thir yeah, 13 when we started visiting, 13 this, or 14. Guys, this, you know, when, when you go out and you cover training or you, you cover training every day with Sporting, it's not uncommon to see teenage kids coming in and, and they're being shown around by some of the academy directors. John Perry, you're one of those guys, and – you realize, well, that's, a, and they'll come over and tell you, hey, we got a kid in from North Carolina that we're talking to, and we really hope we can convince him to move here. 
this kid comes in and he is this light-skinned kid with the the most amazing hair in the world that's like just you you, you just notice it right away and his name is Jean-Luc Cabusio. <laughs> And you just don't forget that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not Bob Smith coming in or anything. And, <laughs> and so, and, and you're just like, okay, well this, and, and everybody was making kind of a big deal. So I remember the first time I saw him, but then the day of his, his press conference, you had the kids, at least your daughter was my here. Daughter, yeah. yeah. Mateo might not have been here and she's stunningly beautiful. Just like he, you know, and, and John Lucas is, I mean, you just got this amazing family. Do you just think to yourself times like, well, how did this what, did, you knew you were going to marry him, but did you think you were going to have it like, like you know, no, this kind I, of a... No, I had no idea. It's like... And they're great kids, too, by the way. I mean, I, I don't so. mean just the physical... I'm physi- totally biased, so yeah. yes, I think they're great. And what I think me and my husband, we were just talking about this, we love is that they get along so well, even growing up. You know, they had their moments where they drive each other crazy, but mm-hmm. as adults, they're like really good friends, and it's like... Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I wish I could know? say that about my kids right <laughs> it now. Won't Nate, just wait. <laughs> it will I think it will happen. I really do. Because, oh. yeah, they, I mean, there were times where Ilaria knew exactly what to do and how long to do it oh, to yeah. make Gianluca cry. Yep. And then she would stop because she met her goal. And, you know, you know <laughs> Mateo would kind of, you know, like brush them uh. away as peasants because he was older than yep. them. Uh-huh. So, but, you know, they grew up and they're just really good friends. So when we got to spend time together over the pandemic, it was like, I hate to be, you know, content in such a horrible time for so many people but that was such a gift for us that we all got to be together and then my husband was home because he was out of work for about a month he was on unemployment and and this is a man that since we've been traveling he's we've been dating he's traveled he's gone Mm -hmm. for two weeks at a time he was home so we're like okay this is also a test for when he retires because we're going to be in the same house (laughs) all the time and we had a great time and we felt guilt just like you know all this craziness going on but we had a good time I mean, we hung out and of course you couldn't go anywhere. So we right. had to stay together. So it was like so much easier to go through a pandemic where you have five people that actually, you know, love and like being with each other. So I have no idea. I just thank God that it happened that way. So, and, you know, I just figured, well, I guess it takes two very average looking people to make gorgeous babies <laughs> because, you know, we're it no takes somebody queens. from Italy and somebody from the Bronx. You know, you exactly. got to take two really uh, take disparate things right? and yeah, put them together. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we've got we've got Dion, Doctor Dion Busio here in studio. We're going to take a break. We kind of did the the foundation here, the early stages, and now we're going to get into what it's like to be the the parent of a rising global phenomenon right now. And I don't know if I'm overstating it, but we'll get into also the the, the ridiculousness of the, the the fandom that I've had uh, for Jean-Luc here this year as well. <laughs> but I'll tell you this much, just to, to wrap this segment up, what you said about the pandemic, you know, there the, the, it was a story of silver linings. If you, if, if you were lucky enough to get through it, and, and not everybody was, but for those of us that were, um, if you didn't pick up some things like that about what really matters oh, yeah. and what's important, then uh, I really feel for you because there were those opportunities. And that's awesome that you that you shared that. We're going to take a break. We have Dr. Dion Busio in here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. We're going to get into watching Gianluca make his U.S. men's national team debut in Kansas City this past weekend. Right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. And we're back on the Sport in Kansas City show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB. We are presented by the delicious taste of Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And as I pointed out to uh, Dr. Dion Busio, her son is not old enough yet to support our sponsors. Uh, he's got a couple more years. But if he goes to Europe at some point, I guess yeah, he'll yeah, be able to do it right away. legal and street legal in Europe. In Italy, Italy. He can have, they, they, yeah, they give you wine at uh, kindergarten, don't they? Uh, <laughs> 
it's um, it's part of the deal. So hey, and and by the way, I want to point out that uh, Doctor Busio said you don't have to call me doctor, but I think you deserve to be called doctor when you've gone through that much to to get the degree. Um, so so we've we've exchanged some private uh, you know some some text messages and stuff because I felt it necessary to reach out to you to tell you after a couple times when we've interviewed John and we've gotten to interview John Luca a lot over the last few years. Just how impressed I am with him as a person. Now, the soccer player thing is 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 amazing enough, but as a parent, I know that I would be more proud if somebody told me, "Hey, you you have a good kid on your hands. You raised a good child, a good person, a smart kid, a respectful kid, and 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 all that. A kid with a good head on his shoulders. I would want somebody to tell me that if they thought that about my kids. So I wanted to tell you that about Gianluca. And we we've had these conversations, Allie and I, when we've walked out of news conferences and that, and uh, we've said the same thing. And the last, the one that caused me to actually text you was right when he got called into the, the provisional roster. He spoke to the media. It's the same time that all these reports are swirling that he could be sold to a big club in Europe and all. I mean, it's just all happening right now. And the kid never seems to lose even an ounce of focus on what's happening on the field, which is the most important part of all this. And I asked him at the press conference, is this your parent? Like, do your parents are they the ones that have have grounded you and taught you how to s- shut out all the noise? I'm gonna be honest with you. He told me, he said, "No, they're more freaked out about all that stuff than I am." <laughs> He's like, I'm, "I'm the one that has to talk them down. Like, it's gonna be okay." <laughs> Is that true? Is that I'll true? I pushed it off, but my husband is more. He's more focused on it than I okay. am. But yeah, it, yeah, it's true. He's got a million things to tell him. Look out for this, and look, what are they saying about this or that or this and that? And I'm like. Dude, yeah. he's got an agent to do that. Yeah. yeah, which is great. You know, I think because with when he was first being recruited and all this stuff just started happening to us, I kind of took the lead on that. So I was the one that went around with him. I was the one that talked to the agents and I did all this stuff. And I'm like, we can let this go. We'll let the professionals yeah. handle handle it. But he's, you know, my husband, he's really, you know, concerned about that he lands in a good place that's going to continue to support him as a person, as a soccer player. So I think that's why. He's a little bit more. But, yeah, we do ask him a lot of questions because, you know, he's the one at the front of it. So, Do you remember when you were like, okay, we're going to have to start taking this serious. He has serious talent on his hands here, and this could be something that actually – because, I mean, he, he is – like, he he is living what a million people like – whatever, a billion people like me grew up wanting. That That is what you want. You want to be that kid who everyone recognizes, comes up through the system and makes it as a pro. When did and you, there's one out of about a million of those oh, kids oh, yeah. that, that oh, actually has that ability. Yeah. And even the ones that do, not all of them make it. Right. Like some of them, they, they for whatever reason, they, don't they struggle. They have that head on their shoulders or Exactly. Whatever. They don't have, and what you're, you're saying about your husband saying, are they doing this? Like, all of that is important. You need to have good guidance. But do you remember the point when you were like, this could be an actual real thing here that we have to consider? Probably. <laughs> there were several moments like that because even when he came back and he told us he wanted to move across the country, we yeah, okay, go do your homework. No. <laughs> nonsense. It's past your bedtime. Yeah, exactly. It was basically nonsense, and we really put it aside. But he wouldn't let it go. And then again, I, I guess when um, I remember I was driving to Boone to go to work, and Brian Bliss called me. And I'm like, who are you? I thought it was spam. So I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Brian Bliss. I'm with Sporting, and we want to offer your son a contract. So, of course, I, I pull over. Right. <laughs> like, wait, I can't, I can't do this. I can't. I can't. So he's like, no, we think he's that good. I'm like. John Luca, really? Like and he can't even drive a car. Yet. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's still John Luca. I mean, I, I raised him. I nursed him. I, you know, I took mm-hmm. him to school. I fussed at him to do his homework. That's that's my picture of John Luca. So to hear that, mm-hmm. it's like, 
okay, I guess this is serious. <laughs> so I guess at that point, and then when he kept, you know, doing well, when they said, okay, he's going to get into a game, when, you know, he let us know, like, Mom, they're going to put me in with the first team. And I'm just like, really? Like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> so I think that, but it's still, he's still just John Luca to us. And I don't want to sound like, oh, this is every day, because it's not. But it's just, I know him as John Luca the most, mm-hmm. as my son the most, mm-hmm. as the one that was, you know, playing on the trampoline with his sister or, you know, me getting a call from his teacher because he didn't do his homework. That is what kind of stands out to me. And just that if you spend time with John Luca, he's a character. He's really funny. He's kind of like, I said, he's kind of like the Steve Harvey of our family when we get together for family <laughs> gathering. Nice. He's, he's that third one. kid. Yeah, he's that third nice. kid. And and he just, you know, he's kind of like kind of the, the, the glue between us that kind of connects us in those fun things. So that's what I see. And I don't I don't see that as like phenomenal or anything. I just say that, you know, that's our family. So, but it's still, it's slowly, it just creeps in every, you know, little bit. Like Thursday, I mean, Sunday, it yeah. creeped in. It's like. Wow, they are cheering for him, and he has. They were done, chanting his name. My chanting, son was yeah. chanting his name. I and took a video of that. He hasn't that. done anything today, you yeah. know. And they're and I'm like, wow, and that that's still sinking in. So, yes or no? It's just I still haven't <laughs> pro- fully processed it. So, what's it like for you sitting in that stadium then? And like you said, he hadn't even checked mm-hmm. into the match yet, and his name was chanted before the game at different points throughout the game. Just as you're sitting there, his mom, yeah. that's your baby, <laughs> that's and you're like, baby. yes, I, I I can't even describe it. I'm just sitting there, and I think I was sitting there with someone that came. It was three little boys that came to see Reggie Cannon, and they were sitting, and then when they started, when John Luca got up, and the kid said, oh, who's that guy? I said, oh, that's my son. <laughs> and the look on his face, and I'm like, wow, that means something to this kid. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is so cool. So it's yeah. just it was I was proud and I was grateful that he's getting to experience this, and I was also thinking about when he was growing up, him and his older brother more so than Ilaria because she gave up soccer. She's like, okay, I'm done with that after a little bit. But they always talked about this. You know, they would plan and they go out and play together. And I'm like, this is coming together. This is a moment that they talked, they dreamed about when they were kids. And you think about all the times you were a kid where you had all these aspirations, you're going to be the queen or a princess, or you're going to be, you know, the president yeah. or something like that. It's like, no, I'm going to be, a, you know, a soccer player. And he did it. And it's like, okay, he did it. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> and there's so much more to come. I mean, that's yeah. the thing that's so exciting about it. Um, I was so mad when I was sitting there in the Canada Martinique games going on. And as soon as it's an hour before kickoff, I opened up my phone to see that starting line. I mean, he wasn't in it. And my son, I was just like, if I dropped all this money, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be happy because I'm watching the U.S. national team. But if Busio does not play tonight, I am going to be so mad. And, um, and then it hit me when he was warming up on the sideline and he came running towards the halfway line, which everybody in the stadium knows that means he's going to come in the game now. And he takes off his warm-up top and the play starts going crazy. I took out my phone and I rec- my son's going crazy. I'm going crazy. And the whole stadium's going crazy. I, I realized, I don't know if this was Greg Berhalter's intention or not, but it was more special that he came in off the bench because he had his moment where everybody in the stadium got to cheer for him. Mm-hmm. If he's in the starting lineup, they might cheer a little louder when his name gets announced, but there's all 11 guys out there at the same time. That was his moment. He comes out there, and then everybody cheered every time he touched the ball mm-hmm. after that. You know, So that was incredible. Um, I want to go back to when you talked about the uh, – the decision to come out here and how he wanted to do it. Um, this is a loaded question, but have you <laughs> have have you been happy 
Like, has this worked? Have you been happy with the way the club treated you, the way the club's treated him, the, you know, looking back on the decision and all that? Have you been happy with everything? Absolutely, yes. I, it couldn't have worked out better. Everything that we, we talked about at the beginning, I remember the first meeting with uh, Peter Vermees and Betsy Maxfield, well, Phil was there. Um, the whole family was there. And Peter said, look, I think he's special. This is what our intentions are for him. This is what we're going to do. And to this point, everything they said they were going to do, they did. You know, from John Perry, you know, um, even with the host family, getting all of that underway. Because when he came, they were really trying to ramp it up. So if there were any bumps in the road, anything, I knew I could call anybody and they were going to answer. And they did what they could to make it work, to meet those promises that they made. So it might not have been that way for every kid that went through. But, you know, I can honestly say Everything they said happened. And we were, you know, any questions we had, anything we needed, they were there. And if it wasn't what we thought, and I don't even think there was one time, I don't think there was even one time there wasn't what we thought. But we could ask questions. We got answers. We got action that followed those. So I, you know, I have no complaints. And I'm. it makes it a lot easier to know that I gave up my son. <laughs> I sent my son across the country at 14 and it paid off because, yeah, I had one of my sisters. She was ready to fight me because I was sending her, her grasshopper <laughs> yeah. across the country. And, you know, he's not going to be at home. You can't, you know, I gave up all of that for him because I knew how important it was to him. How hard was that for you and for Bucio? Like, I, I'm exposing myself here. I probably <laughs> called home from a stay away camp, like homesick two years before that, like <laughs> age wise. So, but, you know, in those early months and weeks and even years, what was the hardest part for your family um, being so far apart from, from your baby? Oh, gosh, I think for, and he knew it at the, from the beginning, we told him, and we thought it would discourage him. So, look, if you go, you have to go by yourself. I'm working. Your dad can't go. Mateo's in college. Ilaria is getting ready to finish high school. You're going to have to do this on your own. So he's like, okay, I want it. So that's when we knew he really meant this because he knew that he had to do it on his own, whereas some kids, their families were able to come or they could stay with, you know, relatives. I'm like, no, this is all you. And he did it. And it was hard because I know him and his sister had gotten really close. So it was really, really hard on her. And she was like, I can't believe you're letting him do this. And, of course, Mateo was like, yeah, heck yeah, let him go, you know, let him see what what happens. And my husband, he was he was tentative. But, you know, the more we looked into it, it was like, yeah, we, you know, the worst thing is he comes back home. And he's well. He's always welcome at home. So I think knowing that leaving at 14, that Greensboro would always necessarily be his home base because he's going to grow up, continue to grow mm-hmm. up here. So risking that, you know, he's got a connection, but he's also got another connection. So that was really hard, and it kind of it gets me sometimes because, like, you know, my baby's not coming back. You know, this isn't home base anymore. So I think that was the hard hardest part about doing that but it's paid off and you know he did you know I I could tell his mood and how things were going by the number of FaceTimes or texts that (laughs) I got so yeah so if there was a lot I knew there were things going on and I had to always remember to keep my phone because I put it on silent when I'm teaching I had to turn it back on at night so I could make sure I answered when he FaceTime and you know but the happier he happier he got the less it got we still stayed in touch Mm -hmm. but it was more normal hours kind of calls but if there were calls at night when there was nothing to do and you know, before he's trying to fall asleep and it was a rough day, we get a, a FaceTime. Yeah. So, you know. So I want to tell this story because while we were at the stadium, 
I sat behind Sam Vines' dad. <laughs> and, and he got to see his son score his first U.S. national team goal, and you just live vicariously through another dad. You're like, dude, I'm so happy for you right now because I can't yeah. even imagine what that must be like. But we were talking, and, and we were talking about Busio, and um, and I said to him, I, he said, so this, this Busio kid's really good, huh? And I said, he's going to be playing overseas within six months probably. That's what all the reports are. And there was a, a sporting fan that heard my voice and, uh-huh. and turned around, and she said, Nate, will you shut up, please? Like she was, she didn't want. It. She was mad. She was laughing and smiling. But she's like, I don't want to hear that. And I said, Look, I don't want to say it. But, but here's the truth. And I think Peter's comfortable with me saying this because I would assume he'll say say as much um, publicly. Peter Vermees and I were having a conversation just this past week, and he said, Look, people want to know how could you sell this kid when he's he's so good. And I don't. He's like, I don't want to sell him. But, but when I sat down with him when he was 13 14 years old i asked him what are your aspirations and he said i want to play in europe someday i looked him in the eye when he was a kid and said i will help you get there what kind of a person am i if i don't follow through on that now that it's now that we're we're to that point and so like Peter hasn't even really made any bones about now we, we don't know when it's going to happen you know i'm hoping we get to watch him play the rest of the season here and all that but um to hear the, the coach say that, mm-hmm. as a parent, though, that's got to mean a lot, I would think, to you, that he's, he's going to keep his word. He, he told you this was what he was going to try to help your son do, and he, he intends to deliver on that. That's, that's what he has said. Yeah, yeah I, and I totally believe that. That's why I'm kind of really not worried about it. I know it's going to happen. I Thank God I don't have to. I'm not in charge of that in any way, shape, or form. Don't know when it's going to happen. I know it'll happen eventually. But, yeah, so I don't, I don't have any qualms about it you know it's going to be the right time the right price the right team and mm-hmm. I think everybody that's working closely with John Luca they're all looking for that too so I'm not worried about it I'm glad I don't have to make the decision and I know every time I've gotten to meet or talk with Peter after games when we've been able to get here he also makes a point of telling me you know we love your son I love your son oh, this cool. is what he did and he, he, he tells me all these funny stories that John Luca would probably <laughs> die if he knew <laughs> And he says, I got to tell you, after one game, I forgot which game it was, but he says, yeah, Johnny Russell was saying to some other guys, we're going to go out and party. It was a great game. They did really good. Johnny said, we're going to go out and party. Someone said something else. And he said, John Lucas said, and he says, I kid you not, John Lucas says, I'm going to go back and call my mom. And I'm like, oh, that's mama's boyfriend. And I was like, Peter, you didn't have to say it. He said, yeah, he's going to kill me for telling but I have to. I'm like, oh, that makes my heart melt. I feel like I remember a couple of times of him saying that because it, I think back to when he had his USL debut with mm-hmm. the Vinspo Park Rangers. I had just started covering the team, so I was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. feeling my way through as a new reporter just trying uh-huh. to figure things out. And so it's cool for me seeing like all the different times I've I've seen Busio achieve these different milestones because a lot of them have sort of lined up with different milestones that I've mm-hmm. achieved, very different paths of course, but mm-hmm. you know, it's been really neat and and I've heard him many times in our interviews or with press conferences, talk about you and I'm going to go call my mom or I'm going to text my family. You know, you can just, that bond that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is something that he's talked um, quite a lot about. And I love Mm -hmm. hearing more about, you know, him and his siblings growing up because it reminds me a little bit of me and my siblings growing up. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw the video recently of him and 
I think it was Grace and Barbara, they were playing basketball in the driveway. And of course, Busio shoots this like yeah. insane trick shot. I'm like, what can't this kid do? Um, what what other games, I mean, we know he's a great soccer player, mm-hmm. but what other sports growing up was he, were you like? He did everything. Yeah, he did. But I have to go back. When he says mom, I have to say, because everybody says, he never talks about his dad. Mom means family because everything <laughs> goes through me. My husband, Aww. he doesn't talk a lot. He does not talk a lot. So, and he's the only one in the family that doesn't have an iPhone. So everything comes to our group ah. chat. He's not a, so he's so when he's saying mom, he yeah. means mom and dad because usually we're right there next to each other. He's in town. Mm-hmm. We're right there every night. We're very boring old people. We're sitting on the couch watching something, and he'll Facetime any of the kids. Facetime, and they'll just say, "Where's dad?" And I'll just flip the phone this way, and he's right next to me. So mm-hmm. I had the, had yeah. to clear that up. But mm-hmm. he's it, it's it, yeah, it's just that way. But yeah, and, and <laughs> everything goes through mom. Yeah, and mom to him just means family. And then he knows I'm going to share it with his brother and sister. So that's just one word. You know, like you say, you say Xerox. Yeah. You meant copy, but yeah. <laughs> so that that's what mom means to him. So I don't want to take all the credit because I think we all have a really good relationship. Has anyone at Sporting kind of tried to like? Has it ever dawned on you like anyone saying? So this raise that he's had from when did he sign fifteen to then he made his debut or he trained with the first team then he made his debut and next thing he's scoring goals and because now I mean that I think it was a bit of a watershed moment this year in the Houston game the free kick that he scored yeah was I mean that was when he was he announced his presence because the Sporting couldn't score that game just every the Marich was having a great game and just they could not score and that was the point where he said. I'm going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and drag us back into it. And Sporting ended up going on win 3-2. I think it was a late consolation goal. But like that raise is usually, I mean, if any a player usually does reach that, it's usually 24, 25, 26. This kid's 19. Like it's, does, any, does that ever dawn on you that this is all happening so far? And then you're hearing moves to Europe and stuff. Does that, like this doesn't usually happen this fast mm-hmm. to any kid if it ever does happen. But... I mean, he's still a kid, and there's talk of Europe. So does that? No, and I think Gianluca, he's motivated on one thing. He thinks he's interested in He's going to go 100% on. But I think something that motivated him this season was that he didn't get called into the U.S. camp. Yep, He, you know, it it hurt his feelings. It hurt our feelings because he was, yeah, he was like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I thought. But, you know, instead of, you know, being bitter, he's like, no, he just just leaned into it and Mm -hmm. said, okay, all right, I, apparently I haven't done something that I need to, so I'm going to work on whatever it is. And he also, so that was something that, you know, motivated him. So, And then he also said, he, he told us before he did it, he says, I'm going to ask for number 10. And we're just like, we all had the same reaction, like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a collective Ooh, yeah, really all right. are you sure and, and our other reaction was like dude how many numbers are you going to have yeah. we're going to have one for each season but he's like yeah I, I want to do that I feel like I'm ready for it he's like why, why not try it you know he's like I, if I, can, I feel like I can so I'm going to do it so that's why but I, I don't think I answered your question I got off on well, well I, what he, what number in like other sports? Did he play? Uh, other sports. Okay, he played. No, he played football. He was the kicker for his. He played for the YMCA. He was the kicker for his team, uh, Ragsdale Lions. I think it was. He played that basketball. He played in middle school. He got. I think he got MVP. He played soccer in middle school and for his club. Uh, so he was really good at just about any sport that he tried, and he just loved being competitive. He was never mm-hmm. what I liked. Also, for both my, uh, kids. 
um, that were playing sports, they weren't obnoxious competitive and they weren't obnoxious competitive with each other. They yeah. really supported each other and they just liked the idea of competition. It mm-hmm. wasn't that, you know, they had to crush somebody because you have, it was because they wanted to do, be the best at what they were doing. Yeah. So he did, he did everything and we tried, we did not want to limit them to any specific particular sport. Eventually they had to, but while they were young and growing up, so have at it. I'll tell you, there, there is, a, to me, when you talk about how fast it's happened, there, there's an ease with which Gianluca exists. Mm-hmm. It just all looks so natural. And I thought that his performance in the national team game the other day was a perfect example. He walked in there, he made a couple mistakes early, and then he didn't make another one, and he just looked like he belonged. And, and when you talk to him, he, doesn't look, he never looks overwhelmed by the situation. He never, if anything, I think that's, held, that's maybe caused some people to underestimate him because he looks casual. Even though he's working his butt off, it's just his demeanor. It, it all looks under control. There are sometimes you could see a kid that might be going at a meteoric pace, and you're like, that kid's spiraling out of control. He can't keep up with the, the pace of the things that are happening around him. And, and I just, I've always gotten that sense from Gianluca that he just seems like it's just, you know, still waters run deep, and he seems like he's got those, you know, that, that and has he been like that? And does that come? Is that you? Is that the is older siblings? <laughs> I think being the young no, that's a big part of it that he had older siblings and that they were very different, and so he got he got exposed just the diversity of personalities. Yeah. You know where he has his dad who's very quiet and pensive, and I'm mm. you know I'm the talker in the family. I'm way more you know open to social stuff um, than his brother. Like I said, they were competitive. They had lots of fun. His sister was creative. And they all got along. So he got, I think all of those needs got fed when he was younger. And we just never stopped him from doing stuff. Just because, one, we were just very tired chasing after three kids. It was just easier to let him do stuff. Yeah. But So he didn't assume that there wasn't anything that he couldn't do. And he always wanted to learn. I know when he would uh, have his friend Ronan over and they lived there, they were together all the time. People thought Ronan was ours or John Luca was uh, Ronan's brother. But... You know, he had, they just had this system where if he was interested in something, either he'd watch it on YouTube or something, go outside, test it out, try it, figure it out, work on it, come back in, look at it maybe on television or look at it somewhere else. And just that triangle of trying it until he figured it out. Mm-hmm. And that was always him. So I think maybe that's why he's not, I don't know, he doesn't get frantic about it because he knows there's a way to get to it. And that's another reason why I didn't stress out too much about he was never a motivated student. But I knew he had the capacity to learn and to gauge and apply knowledge that he has. So I didn't worry. It drove me crazy as an educator that I had a son that didn't right. want to do his homework. <laughs> but, you know, he's learning lots of things that he's going to use for the rest of his life. Yeah. So life, life skills. That's awesome. Okay, so, so Paul Carr is getting bumped from the show today because we only have like five minutes left on the show. And we're going to take a break real quick and we're going to wrap things up because I have another question that I want to ask you about Gianluca. This is the Jean-Luca Busio show. Look, this is fascinating stuff. This has been the start of the but season, though. This is the Jean-Luc fa- This is just, yeah. this is what it's the people awesome. want. Paul will, you know what? We'll send you some flowers. Paul, we're going to have you on next week. <laughs> Please don't hit me. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. Sorry. We'll, we'll have him. I'm going to give him your Instagram account so he can send you uh, an angry message. No, we've yes, got. Can. I'll take it. We've got Dion Busio here. We will be right back to wrap things up on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. I've texted Paul Carr. He's been very understanding with his time. Uh, we'll hope to have him on next week because actually Paul's going to be a great guy to talk to as well. And it'll be better to get more time to talk with him as well about all the Gold Cup. And we'll have more Gold Cup to talk about with him. We've got Dr. Dion Busio here to wrap things up. 
And uh, the, our, our producer, Ben Messner, who's a big soccer fan, helps us put this whole thing together, get the video up there and everything, uh, brought up a question to me that I've, I've talked to you about before, but a, a lot of our listeners probably haven't heard, so I think it's good to talk about. We hear all the time about how Gianluca has a European passport, mm-hmm. and that can make him attractive to soccer teams over there. We heard that the Italian national team could be interested in him. So how Italian is he? How much time has <laughs> how much time has he spent in Italy? Does he speak Italian? You know, like what what can you tell us about that? Okay, he's fifty percent Italian, <laughs> definitely fifty yeah. percent. Um, when they were younger, we would spend summers and Christmas in Italy. But I think of the three children, he got to spend the least amount of time because everybody was starting to school, so we couldn't mm-hmm. go for as long. So he's got really good ties to Italy, to all our family over there. Uh, He understands Italian better than he can speak it just because he's had less practice. But what he would do, like he's very adaptable. When we would go to Italy, he would speak Spanish to them. And they pretty much understood Understood, because it's very comparable. And all three of the kids went through a Spanish immersion program through middle school. So he can speak Spanish way better than he can speak uh, Italian. But he understands it and he can read it a bit. So... I don't know how Italian that makes you. I know a friend of mine just sent me something that even if you're like a quarter or an eighth or a 16th Italian, you're fully Italian and you cannot argue with it. So those yeah. are very dominant parts of like your makeup. Yes. I'm very, like, I'm very expressive. It's not a recessive like, gene. Yes. No, it's very dominant. The only thing I would say that's not really Italian about him is his, his taste for food. I was just okay. going to ask. Yeah. Like the- He's more picky than the other two. We used to call him monk when he was younger because he would separate his food on his plate and he wouldn't try as many different things as Matteo and Ilaria. But, you know, he likes calamari and he likes all the Italian food when I come. There's very specific things he wants me to make, pasta, tomato sauce, or uh, stufato. So his taste, it's, it's Italian, but not as Italian as the rest of the family. So I want to give you the opportunity to do this too. Say something, brag about your other two kids for a little bit because they don't get as much attention, you know. <laughs> they like do for me, so yeah, they do for me. I don't so. think it's going to matter as so much. No, oh gosh, Mateo, he's he's uh, in grad school and he's really trying to figure out what he wants to do. What kind of grad like, school is he? He's in communications. Okay. Uh, he's not sure what he wants to do. He played soccer for UNCG yeah. and for UNC Charlotte. Uh, he's just real. So. He's a really sweet guy. I we always plug him. I think he's great with kids. So and my and Ilaria says you should be a, a phys ed teacher because he's so good. He's very mm-hmm. athletic. He's compassionate. I mean he's he's a sweetheart. Uh, Ilaria she's just fabulous. She's very protective of John Luca. When he didn't get called in, uh, when he didn't get on the starting lineup, she's like, they better put him on the starting lineup. They've used his picture too much this week to not star him, and I'm going to call in. I'm right there and, with her. Yeah, so she, yeah, she's very protective. When he got hit in the nose at one of the U.S. camp, the kid in Costa Rica broke his nose. She was livid. She wanted to call the police. She kept calling, and she told me I wasn't a good mother because I wasn't calling the police because clearly that kid assaulted John Luca and I didn't do enough. I said the kid got a yellow card. She's like, no, 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 no. But she, oh, she's wonderful. She's and she's in grad school too. She's you told starting. Me. Yeah, she'll be starting grad school at UNC Chapel Hill in the fall. Uh, she wants to be a therapist of some sort, and I, I don't know which. But she's 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 very motivated. She finished a double degree in three years. So that was, wow. we were very impressed. And we didn't, that was not us. That was her. You know, we, we, we of course, were paying for her education. And she didn't have to work. But she wanted to work. So she worked and had a double major and finished it in three years. So I'm like, 
Okay. <laughs> so if you think about that's it, great. That's awesome. your other kids have accomplished way more than Jean-Luc at this oh, point. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know, academically. Just in different a- avenues. <laughs> yeah. Definitely different avenues of achievement. So it's like we celebrate everything. It's, it's you know, incredible. We don't take anything for granted and we celebrate everything. And I and, imagine like each of their individual successes like helps push and motivate the oh, others. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. It's that's like awesome. everybody's like, hold my beer because I want to <laughs> yeah. do it better. And, and they don't use it to beat each other over the yeah. head. They do it to, to motivate and support each other. So. As a parent, awesome. I'm grateful for that. You know, it's hard when they team up against us because it's three of them and, and two of mm-hmm. us, but oh, yeah. they've got each other. So I feel confident they, they'll always have each other. So that bond, I hope, stays forever. Well, I don't want any anybody to blame me for my children's shortcomings or any problems they're going to commit, you know, in in life. But I wanted to get all the credit for all the good <laughs> stuff that they do. So honestly, I mean, you guys obviously are incredible parents to have three three amazing kids like that. And then Gianluca, not only is he, you know, this incredible soccer player, he speaks three languages and he just, it's just fun. And it's been such a a joy watching him grow up, you know, watching him come here as a kid and, and, and he's still a kid, but he just, he's grown up so much and uh, it's been a privilege. Thank you so much for helping us get to know him a little bit better. No problem. You know, you realize, you realize how we are in Kansas City now too, that you're part of this family, right? You can't. Oh, thank you. you I've been adopted. That's wonderful. You do know that, right? Yes. I love Kansas. I've had a wonderful experience every time I've been here, just from his host family, the teats, they've been amazing. Sporting has been amazing. Everybody we've met here. So, yeah. yes, this, this is definitely a second second home for us. Yeah, we're claiming the Busio family here to four. There, you <laughs> yeah. can't get we'll rid of us. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. Well, that's that's Dr. Dion Busio, and that's going to be it for this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. We thank you for listening and tuning in. Thank our sponsor, Michelob Ultra. Watch, hey, go get tickets to the Gold Cup and watch this young definitely. man play. I'm so excited yes. for yeah. the game tonight. Wednesday against Martinique and the game on Sunday. All right. And that's going to do it for us. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com for the Gold Cup. We'll see you next week on the Sporting Kansas City Show.